Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. This week, you have me, Chris Bound, the editor of Hotel Analyst, sitting alongside Andrew Sankster, the editorial director. We're going to pick through three topics that have caught our interest in the last week or so in the hotel investment space uh, as we all uh, get our way through coronavirus lockdown and wonder who's going to be opening their hotels when and where and how. Uh, now, the first topic that uh, we thought was one of interest was something that came up on a, a panel at the recent Hospitality Tomorrow second edition uh, virtual conference. And that was a group of investors uh, and, and hotel operators talking about where they see opportunities uh, in 2021 as the uh, hotel investment landscape reshapes um andrew they seemed quite a chipper bunch at one level they were they, they were chipper i guess but i think um, anybody who's sitting on assets right now is is having a very very torrid time in this space uh it's interesting this week the hilton ceo chris nasetta said that um, he's expecting it to take three to four years to get back to 2019 levels in all honesty i think that's fairly optimistic but um, there is far too many people still running around thinking that oh it's all going to be over by Christmas um, and it's not and I think what they're failing to appreciate that this is a this is a crisis in two phases we've got the health crisis which we're just beginning to come out of and I think we're going to go on and talk about the the end of lockdown um, later on in the podcast but we're just coming out of the health crisis bit and what's going to become apparent as we do that is going to the full depth of the economic crisis and the, it's going to be a true horror i think um and we know we've said this before on this podcast but it's it's bec it's becoming more and more apparent as we go on just how grim it's going to be um this week uh, the nobel laureate economist joseph stiglitz talked about us unemployment heading towards 25 percent and we haven't seen unemployment like that um in in the post-war period um it's going to be double digit in the uk by the year end probably before then um and it, it's going to be well into the double digits across the rest of europe as well in almost all economies i mean even germany's not going to escape this in terms of the economic hit we're we're going to see um, the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer our uh, Finance Minister Rishi Sunak said um, when he was given evidence in in a committee at the House of Lords he said he said to quote him we are likely to face a severe recession the likes of which we haven't seen it isn't obvious that there will be an immediate bounce back now he's sort of chief cheerleader for the economy and even if he's turned remarkably bearish I think that gives an indication of how grim it's going to get and the further the, the, the final data point I think um, is what's been going on with uh, UK government debt so this week we also saw the UK government issuing bonds that are negatively negatively yielding so for the first time ever um, we've got the UK government being paid um, to lend people money which is quite an incredible situation um, now there was a very brief bit in 2016 when a few very short term debt one month um, bills uh, went negative but this is the first time this is three-year uh, bonds gilts being sold and they're negatively yielding and it's quite an incredible situation um, it you know this is clearly the market saying just how bad this is going to be and I don't I'm just don't think 
the, the bulk of the hotel industry has really got its head around this yet. I mean, one of the things that I found, um, you know, um, quite distressing is is this notion of break-even occupancies everybody's talking about. So hot stats, um, the data provider, they talk about that. 34.5% is the occupancy level at which uh, European hotels break even. Um, well, well, in, in what sense is my question. At the GoPAR level, um, if you're excluding your rent, if you're excluding your finance costs and other fixed costs, um, that may be the case. But even then, it's if, if rate actually holds up. I just don't see rate holding up in, in this cataclysmic environment either so and 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 certainly what you're not going to be able to see are hotels um being profitable in in you know um overall in terms of the the net profit um rent cover on fixed leases can be as low as 70 percent of ebitda uh you don't need much of a movement in revpar um and operating profit to to mean that you know, leased hotels are not going to be paying their rents. And we're way, way beyond that level. Um, and I think as we're going to discuss, as we start talking about the post-lockdown um, environment, the problem is the people, you know, these businesses are emerging into a into a state um, where they're, they're still not going to be making money. They're not going to be, you know, shut which is the worst possible state but they're coming out and only sort of partially opening up and they're not going to be able to make money so there's there's even more pain heading our way um and uh, you know i find it I, you know I, I think people need to sort of get their heads around with just how bad this is going to be it's still there is still this um, as you say, chipper. I think you described it, Chris. Yeah, and, uh, that's right. And, 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 and as Nissan from uh, Pandox specifically, I felt it was quite chipper, and also Cody Bradshaw as well. So. Cody's as much a buyer as he is a seller, but yeah, uh, you know, he's certainly interested. That I don't think it's much going to be happening for a while. But if you look at Pandox, I take them as an example. It's something I talk about. But you look at their sensitivity to Revpar movements. So one percentage point shift in Revpar is twenty-seven million. Um, Swedish kroners of movement in revenues well if you've had a total wipeout you can you can just quickly see how bad that's going to be and and I think the overall rev par piece is is going to be uh, pretty grim and I, I I just don't share Anders's optimism about this now I think Pandox are fabulous operators that widely seen as one of the best in class and I think they're going to survive this if anybody's going to survive this but I think they're going to be having much more significant pain than Anders is anticipating um, for the next couple of years at least. Next topic for discussion which is what's happening to brand standards in this current meltdown situation and we're seeing lots of messages from various quarters that um, brand standards are being relaxed they're being moved around and actually being examined from the ground up to see what matters for people in this world where you know frankly they're all going to be worried about their 
the hygiene of the place more than the colour of the sheets. Yeah, and what I, well, I think you've just summed up there, it, it, um, what's happening, it, it's not going to be a sort of bonfire of brand standards so much as a replacement of brand standards. So maybe you could describe the old ones being burnt and the new ones being put in their place, actually. So it, it's much less about the pillow menus and um, and fluffy stuff, ho-ho, mm -hmm. um, along those, um, um, and, and a move instead towards much more basic safety and health needs so it's that classic piece um you know our old friend abraham maslow um and his hierarchy of needs and we, we're moving right down that pyramid to the bottom of it and i think this is where the center of um, um brand standards are going to be for for a while but i mean again going back to um Chris Nassetta, Hilton CEO, what he 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 in a longish interview he had with the Washington Post um, this week, he he talked about um, that ultimately we are going to get back to normal. And yes, I think he's right. I think it's probably going to be a bit longer than he anticipates, but we will get there. Um, and at that point, we will get back to that self-actualization piece on in in you know in Maslow's pyramid um, at the top of the pyramid, and boutiques will be back. You know that that that's you know this interesting and exotic will come back so we've got this weird period of two three or four years in which we're we're, we're having to operate with these new uh, very odd brand standards and as krista said he was saying you, you know much of this is likely to disappear um you know we're not going to stick with plexiglass dotted around the hotel when you know we'll probably have higher standards of hygiene and that will become accepted as the norm but i think a lot of the social you know the social distance thing will be got rid of as soon as possible was customers will want to get rid of it because it's it's very alienating very horrible thing to go to a hotel and experience um those things will disappear but it, it's in you know how do you operate in the interim with this this short-term medium-term um, period um, where it's very very challenging to, to, to make money. The thing that's going to be upset is uh, possibly how uh, landlords and tenants relate one to another and um, we've seen quite a few battles uh, already over who's going to pay the rent and who's resisting paying their rent um, we're looking particularly at uh, Travel Lodge uh, in that latter case um, but uh, is now the moment for landlords and tenants to revisit their relationship and uh, also revisit that interaction should it be more involved uh, we see in the hotel sector quite a few cases where uh, there are kind of flexible rents or rents with a base element and a, a shared upside element uh, is it time for more of that to appear across more of the property landscape um, we've seen an interesting move recently in uh, the retail sector with uh, Brookfield buying into some of the very retailers that occupy its sh its retail shopping malls in uh, America um, so is it time for a reset? I don't think there's going to be much of a reset. Uh, I, I think what you're going to see um, in that Brookfield example is um, the owners, property owners, getting much more involved in, in the OPCO piece. So the PropCo piece, um, using their balance sheets to get exposure to the OPCO piece. And I think if there's going to be any sort of resets or concessions, it's going to be involved some of the OPCOs giving a bit out to the to the PropCos. Um, I, I took a look at uh, the results uh, this year, LXI REIT, they, um, they put out their annual results this week and um, 
what they showed uh and their biggest tenant is actually travel lodge and it's 10 percent of their passing rent so a big proportion of their their overall portfolio and travel lodge hasn't paid the march rent which was due and um, lxi said they are still in negotiations uh with travel lodge about this but they were optimistic they were going to get some form of agreement with travel lodge i mean it remains to be seen how hardball travel lodge are going to play but um lxi lxi seemed confident um about half so they had all told um about 6.8 percent of its annual rent roll which works out at more than a quarter of the annual rent roll and and it said this this 6.8 percent um, of its annual rent, rent roll which wasn't paid about half of it has been renegotiated with tenants and they've got payment plans in and all this kind of stuff and they gave a whacking great big rent rebate um, which turned out to be less than six percent so of of the 1.7 million which was outstanding uh the rebated was just a hundred grand so um if tenants are hoping for massive um rent rebates i don't think it's going to be happening for them and uh, i think you know and and it was interesting listening to the discussion that um lxi had um um you know about what how it was approaching the travel lodge situation it, it, it had a lot of good things to say about travel lodge um it praised them saying actually you know in the portfolio of properties travel lodge properties that lxi owns it also owns a, a bunch of premier inns it says the travel lodges have actually out outperformed the premier inns in the last few months so it was very it's full of praise for the the management team at travel lodge um but i i just don't see there being major major concessions heading their way in terms of rent um and you know they said well yeah, and what LXI said was, well, look, actually, this portfolio, uh, a new bill travel lodge is mainly through Ford funding um, is how um, LXI have got them. Um, they're saying, actually, these are ideal for other operators and mm. Whipred are interested. Accor is interested. So, you know, if, if there isn't a solution, there was this very clear failed threat there um, that, uh, you know, they'll take them back and hand them over to another operator and i think in the case of these these properties that that that's very doable i think it's maybe going to be a very different situation if we look at uh, more bespoke properties elsewhere um with with property owners struggling a bit more with um say country house hotels or stuff like that but there will be you know opportunities to repurpose so i, I i'm not sure how easy this is going to be in terms of um you know from a tenant perspective to get to get major concessions and at the end of the day you know the landlords have to pay you know have people to pay as well and lxi lxi's case they they carry on they've carried on paying their quarterly dividend they shaved it down just for 10 percent to reflect this portion of rent which is they're still outstanding with in terms of negotiations so i mean they're i think they're certainly been quite assertive in that and you know probably rightly so and and i think you know tenants are not going to find it a, an easy time and there's going to have to be some sort of compromise some Somewhere, but uh, I suspect we'll see a lot of equity trading. We'll see some quite significant um, uh, collapses as well um, as as these negotiations ultimately will will fail. I think. Do you see many more people taking the kind of Pandox model and shifting to a variable 
uh, lease model? Yeah, I think there has to be more flexibility. I think that is a sensible way forward because uh, you know we've got this period, this um, post-lockdown, pre-vaccine period um, for you know one, two, three years. Take a view. You know, I mean, even if we don't ever get a vaccine, I think we'll get to a point where um, we've got sufficient therapeutics, we've got sufficient testing that we can get back to something like a normal kind of existence with this. So, I, I, you know, it's this is not going to go on forever. There is a period where we get back to it and you know hotels and hospitality and operational real estate once again get back to his position of being the fastest growing sector you know hospitality will be the you know the the, the biggest employer um, in terms of generating new jobs once again but it's going to take a while to get to that in the interim you know landlords have this quite tricky situation what do they do but they're, they're in it you know most of them are in it for the longer term um certainly lxi which is a secured income reit um you know styles itself in the, in in this way it, it is looking longer term and it wants to do a deal and it but it wants to have a share of the upside it's not going to leave it all with the tenant and a way of doing that is to have a more flexible arrangement so that there's a kicker for the landlord as the tenant recovers you know so if, if we're going to have a very bad two three four years is then we you know when it becomes good again the landlord wants to receive its share from from being you know offering concessions in the, in this difficult period so how they're structured and certainly one way is to have a much more variable lease um forget about any caps on it you know the, you know the landlords are not going to be very keen on that um and certainly doing that uh, uh, um, having a variable uncapped lease is certainly one way in but it could be actually giving stakes i think act in the opco itself as well that might be a way way through this uh, there's going to be I think very creative solutions found for this and as we've seen with Brookfield the property investors already identified that this is going to have to be a way forward so um, whilst operational real estate across the piece is generally bombed out the way out of it is actually ironically to to get more exposed to operational real estate from a you know a property investor perspective well there we go that's all for now uh, we'll wait to see what pivots completely about ready for next week's uh, podcast but in the meantime bye for now <laughs>